0: Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, the podcast for Guitar Dads by Guitar Dads. This week, pour some gin on me, two massive tribute concerts are planned, and we prognosticate about the future of pedals. Jeremiah Johnson, maker of Prognostic Pedals, joins us this week. It's gonna get fuzzy this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, the two guys, Matt and Dave, and Jeremiah. (laughs) (laughs) Pour Pour some gin on me? Yeah, we're going to get to that, man. (laughs) Hey, everybody, I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. And that's Jeremiah, if you're watching this.
1: Hey, I'm Jeremiah.
0: <laughs> All right, we we are definitely going to get into this, but uh welcome to the pod everybody. Welcome, welcome. Episode number what are we? 67. Even, 67. We're we're quickly wow.
2: honing in on 69. So <laughs> I you know, think that's where
0: I, we're going to end it, right? It's going to be that's a special
2: it. party, I think. I don't I don't that's know what true. kind of party, but it'll be something. probably final so, uh, <laughs>
0: episode, right? You can you <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're just once you hit that. Yeah, I think after that we'll just stop counting episodes. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, but thanks for joining us Jeremiah. We are going to get into You know, what's going on with your pedal company and tell about your pedals and what you're doing, your background. And so it's a special episode this week, everybody. But Dave, tell them about the socials. Tell them all that stuff.
0: Yeah, you guys know the socials. If you're an avid listener of the show, uh, check us out at Guitar Dads Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Find us on Facebook group on, on our new Facebook group at Guitar Dads Podcast. Uh, what else you got? We, we're a little bit on YouTube these days, so you can probably find Guitar Dads there. You can too, see some stuff, but, uh, yeah,
3: yeah,
0: and um, uh, and on Twitter, where you know, occasionally dangle, dangle out there on Twitter once in a while at Guitar Dads Podcast, there too. So, uh, yeah, check us out. We appreciate each and every single one of you listeners out there. You guys are driving this thing, we love it, we love the comments. We love having fun with you guys on on uh, on the Facebook group and on Instagram yes. and all that stuff. So yes,
2: and thank you guys for joining the Facebook group as well.
0: Yes. So
2: um, it's it's a fun time over there. Um, we got into some Johnny Depp jokes over there based on last episode. So <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you get a Johnny Depp joke, um, you know head head on over and add to that thread. So. Um, there you go. All right, David, what's going on in the guitar dataverse? verse? Well,
0: hold on. Let's um, let me let me introduce our guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Introduce the guest. The Sorry. Yeah, geez. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, geez. I mean, this is so unprofessional of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have uh, Jeremiah Johnson here. He is a musician, audio engineer and producer who has recently taken up building guitar effect pedals, which we love. You know, we love our pedals on this show. Uh, He is based out of Houston, Texas, and started producing music in 2005 and then video content in 2010. But you know, like everybody else during the 2020 lockdown, his uh, interest in pedal building began as a hobby and then snowballed into an independent pedal brand. So we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, And they have now launched their first production pedal known as the Babylon Sun, which is a signature fuzz uh, as of May this past year. So uh, Jeremiah, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I was really excited to uh, come talk to you guys and just, uh, you know, chop it up.
2: Yeah, man. Well, we're happy to have you. And yeah, I I did some reading about this pedal. It just looks so badass. We're going to get there. So, uh, you know, stick around. Everybody, everybody listening, stick around. We're going to get there. You're not going to want to miss hearing about this stuff. So,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's quickly breeze through some uh, news and notes. It was kind of a light week. Yeah, but um, as, uh, with our ongoing theme in the last several weeks, well, a few weeks ago, we were talking about when is the best time to buy concert tickets because they're so expensive these days. And uh, actually, the same company that that uh, gave us our stats from last week about um, streams and how much Spotify and Apple are paying their, the, the artists, uh, Finance Buzz went back and and, um, and and looked at when is it cheapest to buy a concert ticket? turns out, hey, the guitar dads were right the day of the show i mean come on that's kind of common sense but um yeah I mean, so maybe it is maybe
2: it isn't i mean i don't maybe know it is, maybe it isn't but yeah. they
0: said it, it looks like based on the data they they analyzed 33 percent cheaper on the day of the show Wow, wow,
2: that's pretty good. When you, when, that's pretty good when you think like you know Bruce Springsteen's average ticket price is five hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So you know thirty three. You know you do the math. Thirty three percent cheaper still damn expensive.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not I'm on a math whiz here, but thirty three percent of expensive is expensive.
2: Have any have any have any you guys done that? Have you bought a ticket day of a show like I, I'm I'm talking like maybe a show that would be like expensive, like like a big stadium type of show? You guys, either of you guys done that? No. Can't say nah, you have <laughs> Nah.
1: usually if it's a, if it's a show I want to see, I usually buy it as soon as I can.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. so I did, so I, the only time that I did this and I lucked out, it wasn't day of, but it was like week of was guns and roses. Actually I have the poster behind me, of the show. Oh, right. I was at. Yes. So guns remember, it was, this. it was the first part of the not in your lifetime tour and and the tickets actually weren't selling great well i guess they were selling out they weren't they weren't s- selling out they were you know they were selling okay because they had added another night at at uh, gillette stadium here the home of the patriots we're not going to talk about that though jeremiah don't worry patriots are done anyway so anyway
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa 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 okay James, we'll like what
2: what but anyway, <laughs> anyway um but anyway um and i was like you know the tickets were so expensive when they first came out and then i heard like There's so much uncertainty about the show. Is Axel actually going to show up and sing? Like, how is this all going to go? And, um, and then I looked online like the week of, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go and figure it out and and see what happens. And so I went on like one of these ticket reseller things and I got a, a ticket, um, like right in the general admission pit, literally in front of the stage, because I don't think they could sell because they were selling for like a thousand bucks as part of VIP packages and stuff. And they obviously didn't sell them. So they were like selling them out. So I got to I got to sit in like the pit um or stand in the pit for the whole show. And I was literally like right up against the, the barrier. It was completely insane. It was like yeah, for a hundred bucks. You had it, you had insane It, it was show. it was ridiculous. I was, was, so, ridiculous. It, I'll I, I'll was y- so regretful I didn't go. I'll tell you what, if you've never been that close in a stadium show. it's a cool experience but i would also say it's kind of odd because you're so close you can't in a big stage like that you can't see the whole stage so like when slash would go to the left well i guess i was on the right so when he went stage right like i couldn't see him i had to look at the jumbotron (laughs) because the stage is so high and it's like there's this big catwalk and so anyway but um yeah so you can you can score this stuff but i have noted because i've tried this on other shows and even week of they're still expensive. So I think we're going to have to go to the day of Dave. I think we're going to
0: go to day of,
2: I think we're going to try that with, um, a couple of shows coming up we'll see we'll Well, see speaking of speaking of stadium
0: shows the stadium tour is kicking off i think tonight in atlanta uh finally the deaf lep the big Def leopard motley crew Poison, joan jet tour finally and um and uh deaf leopard is apparently putting out they're the latest band to put i think they had another one too at some point they they are the latest band to put out um another uh more signature booze So not, not, not signature guitars, amps, pedals, all that stuff. We're going booze, fellas. What do you think of this? Signature gin. Signature gin. They got two of them. Well, and uh, they are. I don't know if either you,
1: Matt's a, I know Matt drinks gin. What about you, Jeremiah? I I don't drink that much often. Um, (laughs) Mainly on special occasions is my type of thing. But uh, I do like, you know. I like if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink something good. So, yeah, nice. yeah. I, I think I'd be interested in.
2: So you drink a Def leopard gin and tonic
1: i'd try it i'd try it for sure i would definitely try it yeah
2: yeah what's up with it yeah i think it's interesting right but you know i don't know i feel like sammy hagar has kind of paved the way for rockers with um, Oh, sammy's the ultimate rockers with booze right like he's he's done so well with it now he's and now he's teamed up with a guy uh, fieri and he has another company where he's selling tequila and mezcal and it's like it's it's non-stop for them so maybe def Leppard's looking at that and they're like hey we can do that and we're british so we're gonna do the um the gin thing. Do the gin. <laughs> that
1: makes sense. That that totally makes sense. It makes I think sense it totally
2: it's, makes it's, sense. It's, it's and I on brand and I would try it. I would kind of yeah, try it because I always exactly, like to try new things. It's not, <laughs> yeah. It's on brand for the Def Leopard boys. And I and wonder I wonder, one more, I wonder if I wonder if um Phil Collins is gonna be on the label with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wouldn't drink it then. I don't know. Maybe maybe they try know, to market it listen, to women dude, and people that are gonna that that credit.
0: He is in still, he is incredible. He's an in incredible he's 60 shape years in old
2: and he's got like the six pack. It's kind of unbelievable. It's, it's so. insane. It's really yeah. insane. Anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, uh, along the theme of stadium uh tours this this week, uh, the Foos have announced uh, finally a, a couple tribute shows, one going on at Wembley Stadium and one going on in LA. Oh, cool. Uh, Wembley, September 3rd and uh, September 27th in LA. And it's I'm it's probably just going to be a who's who of, you know, people showing up to to trip to, you know, to to pay tribute to the great Taylor Hawkins.
2: That's cool. I'd be looking forward to like a stream or something of that. Yeah, I I would bet
0: they're going to stream it.
2: I would love like that kind of because I would definitely check that out. That's going to be kind of interesting to watch. So, okay, well, that's cool. So the foos of kind of are are, uh, surfacing again after this tragic loss of of Taylor. So, okay, interesting yeah cool man cool all right well hopefully they stream it because i'm not going to be able to get to either of those places well, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you so, think of
0: the food what do you think of the foos jeremiah
1: oh i've i've loved the foo fighters you know since the very beginning i was i'm i'm a little younger than you fellas so i kind of came up in the grunge era oh yeah it's kind of my formative years and then i went on and listened to a lot of new metal and the new wave of american oh that was kind totally. of totally. The ride I was on, um, but the Foo Fighters in particular um, were definitely a gateway drug to, to heavier music for me. Um, and of course, I loved them because you know it was Dave Grohl's band, and Dave being from Nirvana, which was the band that made me want to pick up the guitar. So. Oh, really?
2: It really was. Oh, wow. That's interesting yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah. See, that's funny. So, what did you think about the the Smells Like Teen Spirit guitar going for? You know, it's basically this. You know, that big. Kirk Cobain now has the two most expensive guitars ever sold at auction. So there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I I think he would probably hate that. Oh, he would hate um, it. (laughs) But at the same time, um, you know, he, he, he was a legend for a reason. So yeah, totally. It is what it is. Yeah. Cool.
0: Cool man. All right. Well, as we often do on this show, we we like to uh, pull out a segment called uh, you know bands you should be listening to, and of course, it's uh, when we have a guest on, we want to know from our guest.
2: We put them on yeah. the spot. We put them on the <laughs> so spot. Jeremiah.
1: We, to- <laughs> we didn't give you us. much.
2: We did tell yeah. Jeremiah before we hit record, but he hasn't had that that much time to think about it. So
1: yeah. Oh, it's okay. So- <laughs> it's all right. Um, honestly, I've been listening to uh, a lot of different music lately but um probably I well one i want to recommend the band that i am producing right now oh yeah babylon, babylon Sun. okay yeah. yeah yeah our single for the first track is coming out next friday um it'll be out on all the you know platforms and everything. oh cool
2: and what kind of what kind of band that's like a doom band kind of yeah it's, yeah cool it's a
1: kind of doom <laughs> sludge kind of um atmospheric too um very cool the guy that uh does most of the music is he's the guy I, i made the pedal for and we kind of befriended each other on instagram and over time we realized that you know working together on the music would be a lot of fun so um i really think that you guys will probably be interested in what he has to offer because his guitar work is really fantastic and um I mean, that was the whole reason why I was like, well, let's, well, let's make you a pedal, dude.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's great, cool, man. man. I mean, that's how it works, right? Like, you know, you're like, this band is kick ass and let's make a pedal for them. You know, that's, that's, that's awesome. Cool, man. All right. And so, so Babylon sun's the band. Babylon sun. There you go, cool, man. Yeah. Definitely. And if
1: you're into reggae, um, another band that I've worked with is uh, wide roots.
2: Oh, wide
0: okay. Roots. Okay. Definitely. So Check a couple it out. Of
1: bands I'll give a shout out to nice. Um, how
0: long have they, have they been around a long time?
1: uh wide roots they started about probably six seven years ago so oh, Okay, yeah, so they're pretty new um, okay yeah and they have a record out and then i did a single with them uh i think it's called pushing it's it's out on the platform so you can go check cool it out. Cool.
0: cool wide man. roots all right nice well a couple bands to check out babylon sun and wide roots nice I,
2: I don't listen to enough reggae but every time i listen to it i i get into it oh yeah
1: <laughs> It it's such easygoing music. You it
2: really know, is. It, it's totally so is. it's so good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's cool, man. Wow. You hit us two like totally different genres. I love that. Yeah, that was great. See <laughs> we, something we, different. We,
0: we, we could put him on the spot. I think you can cover it Yeah, he
2: could probably keep going too. So awesome, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> All
0: right. So, Jeremiah, of course, the uh why why we had you on and, and we we really want to dig deep into this, we, we just want to know all about, um, how, you know, your background with music and, and, and your, you know, what you've done with production and how everything got started. And then of course, let's get all into like this pedal,
2: right? Yeah. Like what, you know, you just kind of gave us like your kind of inspiration of why, you know, to build this specific pedal, but what even like, why did you even just want to even build pedals in the first place? Right. So like, give us some, give us some background.
1: Okay. So, Mm. um, like everybody, we all got locked down a couple of years ago and everybody was just at home all the time. And I was kind of used to being out and jamming with my buddies and producing music and stuff. So I had this like creative energy, but I didn't really know what to do with it. I was already making YouTube videos, but I wanted something else. And uh, I had always kind of dreamed about, well, what if I ever, you know, could make a pedal? That would be really cool. But I had no like electronics background okay uh, I, okay i i do i t for like a day job but oh, okay all right i don't um i don't really know electronics like i'm not an electronics engineer or anything, so uh, I just decided to pick up some kits online just some simple d i y pedal kits um uh, build your own clone, general guitar gadgets, places like that um and I bought a bunch of kits, probably a dozen two i'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I just built them over the course of a year. And um, once I kind of had done that enough, I kind of realized like that feeling of when you get all the pedals, like all the parts of the pedal assembled, you plug it in and the effect works and it works correctly is it's a pretty, pretty yeah, cool. Gotta feeling. Be a cool that, feeling. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. going to
2: be satisfying. Yeah, totally.
1: So it was very similar to being like when I released my first record or, uh, when I made my first music video or something like that, you know, like it was that, f- that first big mountain of accomplishment. And, uh, once I got that, I started doing it over and over and over.
2: <laughs> nice. And then
1: I, I decided to, well, let's, let's build from a schematic, just look at a schematic and read the parts and just put them together. So well, I started what are these- doing that. What-
0: are these kits, like uh, are these, I'm not too familiar with any of these kits. Are they like pretty, oh. uh, it probably depends on the kit. Are they pretty easy to kind of put together?
1: For the most part. Yeah. It depends on where you get them. And some yeah. places have better instructions than others. Um, and, and for the most part, like the, the circuit board will be, you know, labeled. It'll have like R1, R2, R3, and that's resistor one, two, and three. So you look at your list and find the right resistor and pop them in the slot and solder them. Same thing with the transistors, ICs, whatever. So it's kind of just plug and play. It's kind of, um, let's say, building by numbers, kind of like paint by numbers.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: But after I felt confident enough, I started just getting schematics online, and then I would just get the parts and just build it from that. So, Oh, wow. um, That's cool, man. So you
2: kind of picked it up pretty quickly if you're able to just jump from you know kind of you know build by numbers to you know hey let me download a schematic that's impressive yeah
1: Yeah, well once you kind of it's it's kind of like a map right so once you learn all the symbols and what they all mean you can kind of piece it together yeah sure which way the current's going and stuff so Um, then I started building kind of Frankenstein type pedals. So I'd take like the tone control from one pedal and the boost stage from another and slap them together or something.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, In fact, you probably coming up with some pretty funky uh, combos then I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some interesting stuff. Um, I have some pedals out there that were early designs where it's just kind of like a fuzz face, but with a Russian muff, tone or That's interesting. Like, yeah. Just weird oddball stuff. I knew yeah. like I was watching uh Jason from Fuzz Lord Effects if you guys know who that is. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 we know. Yeah, we know yeah. Fuzz Lord, yeah. And he has been such an inspiration for me. Um he's the one that kind of convinced me I was watching his videos and talking to him and I bought a lot of his pedals and <laughs> um
0: he's got some crazy <laughs> some hey, man those pedals sound like crazy. Some They're of amazing. those things. They're he's amazing. got some They're crazy really fuzz stuff. Yeah. He's, he's
2: great. Yeah. Yeah. He,
1: and he really inspired me to just, you know, get off my butt and try to do something. Right. Yeah. So, um, cause that I always thought I could build a pedal, but I never knew I could do it till I did. And so after that, we w- moved on to kind of making these custom designs out of different pieces of schematics. And eventually I built, some prototypes that were kind of one-offs and at that time i was promoting this thing called the death magic fuzz um and i was sending it out to people and i'd sent homer one of those but i also sent him one of these one-off prototypes i built i didn't think much of it it was just one thing of like a dozen that i'd tried right and I was always pawning off extra pedals like that on people because I was running out of room.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, here, take this. Try it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what
1: I'm doing just yet. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, here, you know, check it out. And yeah. about a month or two goes by and Homer gets back to me basically like, hey, this thing never comes off my board. What is this? And I was like, oh, really that that pedal not the one oh, i'm wow. trying See? to promote you know yeah
0: yeah, my yeah. tone and, is so subjective It all it takes is that one person that just like digs it right
1: well and he really i kind of overlooked a lot of that circuits let's say benefits um <laughs> because it was it would just for me in my taste i would want something maybe a little higher gain yeah and anyway uh he <laughs> convinced me that he really loved that circuit and i was like okay Well, we're already working together on the music. Let's let's do this pedal thing, right? And that's when we started designing it. That was like the moment prognostic pedals kind of came into existence because it was always kind of um a tentative, just I'm building pedals because I want to. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily ever supposed to be like a thing, but after you know, producing the music with him and and kind of seeing what he was able to do with it, which is really, it sounds so cool, (laughs) in my opinion. And I wouldn't say that, like, I would normally say something about that, like, but he just really knows how to utilize it.
0: So how did that, how did it change from like, you know, the initial concept to like how you guys ended up tweaking it?
1: Oh man, it went under probably six or seven different revisions. Oh, wow. And it started with the initial pedal, right? And then I decided let's put a green ringer in front of it. And then, so I took a green ringer circuit and I modified it, added an extra boost stage and changed out the diode so that it just made it really nasty sounding basically. Um, Then we put that in front of it and that was kind of the first designs. I sent him all of those prototypes, but I do have a couple here. Um,
2: You want to flash one on the screen? Yeah, yeah, flash it up on the screen. (laughs) We'll, we'll take a screen. I'm kind of curious
0: too. Yeah, when when he gets back down to the mic, I'm kind of curious what uh what is what what's he playing? What what is he playing him through? What amps?
1: He likes. Well, he 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 has a couple of different amps, but mainly he's using these old um 80s PV Mark III bass heads.
2: Oh really? Oh yeah. wow. Okay. And All they're right. like
1: super duper clean because they're solid clean. state. Yeah. And then he just pushes sound with them he just uses them as a as as almost like power amps
2: yeah yeah totally yeah so that's why yeah so that makes sense especially in like a doom sludge band like you know get something like that and if that's the sound wow that's very cool yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so
1: and he does have some other stuff he has some hand-built amps that he's built okay um so um but this was let's see
2: oh look at that
1: the prototypes Um, oh look at that there's two of these i i made one that was green on purple and then purple on green oh cool we call it cool kind of like the joker or whatever yeah it's the joker pedal
2: yeah because that's different from what you got on the website which is this very cool artwork oh i'll show that to you yeah yeah that that's very cool um what so what did tell us like the kind of origin of that artwork like that's it's crazy oh okay so
1: (laughs) that is basically that's homer's artwork for for the band yeah for his band okay and, oh, okay so um, he
0: did that he he was the one responsible for that
2: cool okay
1: yeah he got that done by um there's a pretty relatively famous uh artist in that community named steven yoyada and he did it oh cool yeah it's pretty so he's pretty done cool. some artwork for Fuzzlord and uh some other bands and stuff too
2: very cool. Now, is that like, does the band use that as like a band logo or is that just, oh, it is. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's one of them. That's totally cool. Yeah. All right. I love it. Yeah. So um, what do you want to do? You want to get into, like, tell us about the pedal itself? Because this is the pedal that you're, that you're, you know, that's, uh, well, it's not available. You, you can't just go on your website and buy it, but that you're making.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, it yeah. is actually, you, it is available, but I don't have an e-store just yet because I've only okay. made. 12 of these there's only okay and you, <laughs>
0: you usually do pretty small runs too right yes. of all your yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. right and uh, once yeah. you're and once those runs are done they're done you're not going back to any of them
1: mm-mm. no well not in a traditional sense yeah, um, yeah if we do go back to a circuit it will be like i'll change the features or remove features or put it in a different enclosure or just something that makes it significantly different from the previous version right Yeah. essentially so that every run is its own thing. Oh, that's cool. uh, So it's like if you get one, it's kind of you're capturing something in time space. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's
0: cool. I like I like that. I really do because that's like it's that's that really takes like the whole boutique concept to a whole different level. It really really does. does.
2: It really does. I mean, well, that's really interesting, right? So there's this. I'm actually interested, Jeremiah, to get your thoughts on this because there's like there's like two ways that it seems that pedal companies go these days. One is you know mass produced, not not mass produced, but you know still handmade. But, you know, made high quality stuff, handmade in the USA. Now I'm talking more of the boutique pedal world, not like electro harmonics and stuff like that. But, um, you know, like it's like handmade in the USA. Maybe like, you know, like Wampler uses boutique amp distribution and it's handmade, Um, you know, in California. And then, you know, JHS has a small operation where he's building these things by hand. So they're they're kind of scaled up to some extent. But then there's like, you know. I think the most uh, famous one is like king of tone, right? It's like, he just makes what he can make. And he's a he doesn't want uh, to, you know, outsource. He doesn't want other people touching it. He wants you to have this experience of, you know, it's kind of a unique pedal because it's made by, by hand every single time. And you're, you're even taking that to another level. So like that, that's where you see this kind of going is like, well, let's get to that point where, you know, we keep it really small and we keep it really special every time you get a pedal
1: yeah and that's kind of my idea is like i don't think that prognostic pedals will ever be that big mass-produced yeah product yeah um and if we do decide to ever do anything like that i would i would create a whole separate brand for it okay all right i want to keep prognostic about these small kind of collector pedals and um and i don't want them to be like tube screamers and fuzz faces and right,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like you don't really mean, make like it want, a really want them to be
1: weird stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want
2: you want it to be weird no that's so cool, that's cool. man I, but i feel I love like that, that concept i feel like that's a concept that is like starting to catch on right like it's like you know like you know here's here's some real unique stuff it's not just like readily available you know on guitar center and i think that kind of adds to the to the mystique of it a little bit. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's cool. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and you said, you said it too. Like it, it is like, it's not just something you play or if you're a hot, you know, if you're a, if you're in a, if you're a, if you're a band and you're, you're out there using this stuff or you're a hobbyist or whatever, either way, like when you're talking about such, such small runs of something and then it's gone, you said it collector, you know, this becomes like a collector's item, especially in this, in this world. There's so many things that they're that so mass produced and everybody has, you know, everybody's got a blues driver or whatever else, or, you know, uh, the original, you know, like a, an 808 or a TS nine or one of those kinds of like incredibly popular pedals. And if you're talking like only 25 other people have like this particular pedal, this exact circuit,
2: that's really cool. It's incredibly cool. Yeah, it's incredibly. So tell us a little more, like, tell us in detail about, like, you know, obviously it's a fuzz type of pedal, but it's got a boost in it. Just just walk us through it.
1: Okay, so yeah. um, this version here was the first I put a uh, printed circuit board in. It was the very first circuit board that I ever designed. Oh, wow. Myself, and that's why it's massive. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's big. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but um really cool version of the pedal and there's only actually five of these boards this being one of them um and eventually i may sell two of them but we'll see
2: we'll see what happens there okay
1: all right um i i I think probably the easiest thing is just to get the production model out here yeah yeah yeah. and and that way we can go through all the features it actually has yeah Um, but before we do i want to talk about packaging
2: yes second pedal packaging is so important. It really
1: is. <laughs> so this is the box that I designed. Oh, for the
2: dude. Metal.
0: Okay. So it's got the logo. I oh, love, it says yeah, fuzz. Like the side, the fuzz. Yeah.
2: Oh, dude, that's very cool. And what's
0: up? We'll I'll go back that. to the other side. What is the other side? have? For those of you just listening, uh, this this is a... Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Pop on Instagram and check out uh Dad's podcast and you can see this. We love... Packaging is everything. It really is. This thing, the packaging here is very cool. Handcrafted in Houston. I love it.
2: It's got the Babylon logo on the front. It's got handcrafted in Houston. It's all black, like a matte black. Oh, that's cool! You open it up and you got your logo. And again, so you go back to the whole concept of the collector. That's the that's a box you keep. Oh, dude, that's really cool. So I like it. So those of you listening, he's got like the tabs that you would. That you would open up when you open a box. He's got he's. It says Stoner Doom. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's that's basically cool. all those little subgenres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. To kind of signify, hey, this pedal is really. It, this is aimed at you, fellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if, yeah. if you
2: like this kind of stuff, <laughs> this is what you should just be. Just listening the marketing to
1: alone in that packaging, dude. That's great. really cool. That's cool, man. So they, I just I'd bought a bunch of different like you know boutique pedals, right? Yep, and a lot yep. of them just come in a. A white box with a sticker, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I appreciate it, but I just wanted, like, my thought was again, if we're only going to make twelve of these, let's do it right. Yeah, you know, uh, package it up for the collectors so that they can um, have it for years to come. Right, that's right. Uh, yeah. You're,
2: you're, you're probably like us and um, like Josh from JHS, where you have the box for every pedal. <laughs> <He> has the <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, for every pedal that you buy. I actually ran into this. You the other- you do? I see. I don't. I don't
0: have. You, are you just crazy, Dave? Like, just well, some of the ones like Jeremiah mentions, like just like the little white box with like no, nothing else in it. Like what nah. are you doing? I you mean, gotta I keep just chuck them. it. I had a problem. I, I had a problem the
2: other day. I was in the basement, like looking for something, and I came across my box of boxes, and like I knocked it over, and freaking pedal boxes went everywhere. I'm like, oh geez, I got like a ton of pedal boxes, and it's like he has the box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i totally have been there like See, man, have a, yeah. a whole bunch of boxes of boxes in your garage You're just like, i'm gonna what, need those i'm gonna need those
2: that's what i got man and now now i'm i'm starting to hang on because it's like oh i might sell a guitar i have to keep all the, every guitar box too because oh, sometimes those are hard to come by if you don't have well, those one are available. hard to come by yeah yeah, yeah. right so the, it's the like, key
1: is go to guitar center call them and be like hey give me give me your empty boxes
2: and they're like here you I'll go t- yeah. Yeah. yeah most of the time they nice do, do.
1: I've had that uh, happen to me like twice. So uh, it's an option
2: because hey, you go to UPS or uh, FedEx are going to charge you like f- 50 bucks for a box. And you're like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> that's right for a box. Right. Yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah. so that's a really cool box. man. So you like, you're really providing an experience when you buy this pedal. So
0: I love the look at this pedal. I really do. This Again, is, for those of you just so listening, cool. you got to get on Instagram or Facebook and check this thing out. It's such
1: a cool pedal geek like we are. You know, you yeah. got to look at this thing.
2: It's a so, dual pedal.
1: Um, the LEDs are in the eyes. I don't know if the cameras. Oh, right.
2: that's uh, very cool.
1: So when you turn them on, it, like,
2: psh, I know. love that. Love uh, it. I got a picture of
1: it on the, on I the love Instagram. when pedals
2: do something with the LEDs creative like that. That's very cool.
1: That was Homer's idea. I got to get credit where credit's <laughs> okay. Homer's like, Nice work, Homer. He was like, hey, buddy, like maybe in the next version, can we put the, the LEDs in the eyes? I was like, we can do it on this version. I got and if we can,
2: I don't think we've described it for the listeners. It's basically like this kind of like skeleton guy with a beard. Like
1: he's like a Pharaoh, like a he's zombie, like a, fa- like, a,
2: like a zombie Pharaoh. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously the eyes are the led. So there you go. It's very, it's very, very cool. cool. Very, very cool. cool. So yeah. So tell us about it. Okay. So the first uh,
1: effect is the uh, green ringer style octave boost. And, nice. Um, it, like I said uh, earlier, we changed out the diodes in the circuit and added an extra boost stage at the end, and it just really makes it really loud and really nasty. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and what's <laughs> cool about it is, is you can use it to boost everything that's in front of it. Okay. So, um, this pedal on the fuzz side, so it only has one control. That the boost is just this one knob. Okay. Yep. The rest of the controls are all for the fuzz side. Okay. So the fuzz is powered by an LM386 power amp chip instead of like a op amp or a dual okay. op amp.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. It's the same chip that you would find in like Bluetooth speakers, actually.
2: Oh, interesting. Oh, okay.
0: okay. So how does that differ? So, okay. Here's where we're like where Matt and I start getting lost on like, you know, op amps and all those. All I mean, that we did have the
2: phantom of the op amp. That's um, <laughs> meme. We did that meme. We did do that meme. <laughs> so we know well, it's we, just we kind of know what it is, but not really.
1: Well, all all you gotta know is it's basically the amplifier, right? All right, a little think, yeah. amp inside. It's it's what replaced the transistor. Essentially. Okay, okay our, all right. So, um, but instead of being an operational amplifier, that's what op amp is. Um, it's a power amp, and that's again like you would use one of these like in a a Bluetooth speaker or. Um a lot of different little things like that. It's the same chip that's in the Acapulco Gold, actually.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Okay. Um, All right. In that pedal, it uses two in like a bridged configuration, whereas we just use one in the Babylon Sun. So nice. it being a power amp, it it makes it react quite a bit differently than a lot of other pedals that I've I've used. And that was something that Homer really had to kind of point out to me. was like look it's it's kind of an amp in a box you know so we need to treat it like an amp in a box yeah so that brought me to the idea um from i don't know if you guys have ever heard of a builder out of the uk called the zero fret Mm -hmm. no
2: no i don't think okay he
1: he's another guy kind of like me who's just a one man operation and he makes fuzz pedals and he's another one of my big inspirations, cool. and he sold me a pedal called the Kaiju. Oh,
3: okay.
1: The Kaiju. Okay. I have a I have a demo for this on my YouTube channel.
2: I've, you know what? I feel like I've heard of the Kaiju. I feel like I've it, heard of this. Yeah. And it's very yeah. it's
1: kind of similar to this. It has okay. a green ringer and then a, a an effects loop, and then it has a boost. Oh wow! So okay. it's not quite the same, but it, I kind of got that idea from that pedal.
2: Okay. It was cool. like
1: all right this effects loop like being able to blend that in would be cool because in in his pedal there's no blend for it it's just it. if there's something in there and on it will go through the circuit and and you can affect it with a green ringer but on my pedal i wanted to be able to blend in that effects loop so it's almost like if you don't have anything in here it's like having a clean blend on
2: Oh, I, I was going to ask, if you don't use it, is it, does it just do clean signal blending? Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay. there's a
1: buffer stage at the beginning of the circuit. It hits okay. that buffer and goes straight to the effects loop. So it bypasses the blend or not the blend, the tone, fuzz, gain switch, the, the, uh, clipping diodes and everything. Okay. So oh, wow. This, and it just gets blended in at the end of the circuit with the fuzz. Oh, okay.
2: okay. Wow. And, That's uh, interesting. I
1: like the, yeah. So my buddy that I I went and get, I sold one of these pedals to a friend of mine, and he f- found a hidden boost feature in here that I was unaware of. So if you turn the fuzz volume all the way down, because the fuzz and the blend are completely independent of each other. So you can actually blend in as much of the effects loop or the fuzz that you want into the output signal. Wow. So if you turn the volume of the fuzz all the way down and turn the blend all the way up, it acts as another clean boost.
0: Oh, another clean boost! Nice. Oh, cool.
1: So it's kind of a secret, secret mode, right? This is a
0: very, this is a very, very cool. Product. There's a lot going on with this thing. Yeah, this is a lot. Yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we kind of went crazy because at first I he, he he just had the original in one setting and it was a kind of always on effect for him. Yeah, and I was like, well, I want to give him. Like, if it's going to be his signature pedal, I need to give him more. Um, the way I look at effects is kind of like a different uh, paintbrush in, in an artist's stack of brushes, right? Yeah, like yeah. Different textures. So I wanted to give him as many options as I could. So
2: yeah.
1: it has a gain toggle, which will take it from like a um, pushed overdrive. And if you switch it on to the high, like the high mode, it's full blown out fuzz. Okay, wow,
2: that's cool. All and right, And then
1: you got uh, germanium and silicon diode clipping options that you oh. can enable,
2: oh. or you can oh, have no. it in nice. the middle,
1: and it's just the power amp fuzz. So,
2: oh, very so, very cool. Uh, I haven't. I, I don't that's... know. I haven't heard a lot of pedals that have the germanium as well. Wow. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. I'm
1: really fond of the germanium diodes. Um but unfortunately they are a little um they can pick up radio signals I found. Oh, okay, yep. Uh so it just kind of depends. It, it's kind of a trade-off, but I do think they sound a lot warmer and less harsh than the silicon.
2: Is germanium the ones that are susceptible to I didn't say that properly. Susceptible. I can't say it. To um to like temperature?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. So. Like, it gets a little bit of a difference on if it's really cold or yeah. got a hot day in your house. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Cool. Yeah. So that's cool though. I mean, wow. What did that there's a lot going on in that pedal. It's pretty sounds pretty versatile actually. So it's it's not just like you don't just have to play Doom with this mm-hmm. thing.
1: Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> you not can at do all. a lot it's... with it. Yeah. It's definitely aimed at Doom, especially yeah. with that green ringer. At yeah, the beginning, totally. Right, like, right. Yeah. You turn both of those on, it gets nasty. Yeah, it gets nasty. Yeah. Uh, this
2: sounds like so much fun. I'd love to run this thing through like my uh my Marshall and just see what happens. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it would get crazy. I bet. It would but, get totally crazy.
1: <laughs> but um, I made I've made twelve of these for sale. Um, about half of them are gone at this point. Wow. Okay. Um, so, um, I think that you know. I mean, considering the economy, I know it's a lot to ask, you know, for a pedal. But at the same time, I think they're getting a pretty good deal. It's a two and one, and everything else.
2: Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, that sounds like a great pedal. No, why, man, why, so look, why, 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 are he, why are you up against it? Shout out your, uh, what's your, shout out your website and your social. Yeah, like how
1: do I get one? <laughs> well, if you, if you, if you did want to pick up one of these, yeah. uh, the easiest thing to do is just email me at prognostic pedals at Gmail. That's oh, okay. Easiest. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. okay. Prognostic pedals at Gmail. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we have a WordPress site. You can go to um prognosticpedals.wordpress.com Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's mainly where I'm at at Casper kills. I also have a page for the prognostic pedals stuff, but, okay. but that's Casper with a K. Yeah. Casper kills. So, um, yeah that's that's kind of my online handle, yeah, comes from when I played video games basically. Oh, okay uh, <laughs> that and uh, I'm, I'm I'm very pale, so uh, my nickname was Casper when I was a kid. Oh really oh, they okay. say, you know, you're not white, you're invisible, you know you're Casper there you go. Yeah, okay. you're you're a ghost so
2: so so I actually you know so when I type you into Google, you know the YouTube demo comes up on your I think it's your um your YouTube paid to Casper Kills YouTube page yeah right, um, yeah, so you you got some demos up there, which is very cool, which um d- definitely check out. I mean crazy, cool sounds on this, so, yeah, that's that's that sounds well, what a pedal man, but. That's really cool, but you know, so I'm, tell, I'm. Yeah, you've been. Ahead. You've been. You've been.
0: Uh, you said you've been. You've been a producer. You've. Uh, you. Have you played in bands before and, and done yeah. all that? Okay, so oh, tell yeah. us more about. Yeah, what's your? Yeah, how'd you how'd you get
2: into producing? Because like we always hear about people like, yeah, you know, I played in bands and stuff. You don't hear a lot of pedal makers like, oh, I was a, I'm a producer still. So that's <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I always wanted to play music from the time I was pretty young and i started playing guitar when i was like 13 i'm still not very good but i love to do (laughs) it you know what i mean for being as old as i am and as many hours as i've put in i'm not nearly yeah
0: we know how that is yeah i know (laughs) how that goes yeah all you have to do is listen to some of the demos i put out out there (laughs) don't really want to listen to them
1: oh it's all good but it's it's, the point is we have a good time and that's that's exactly right that's
0: exactly right
1: but um So I started playing in bands and started running like live sound and stuff pretty young. I was probably like 13, 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. And um, probably by the time I was 18, I decided to move down here to Houston to really pursue music and get a band going like, but it took a while, actually. It didn't, it didn't happen until about 2005 I'd finally got all of the pieces. We started playing shows. Uh, That was my first, kind of band that i gigged and gigged and gigged with that okay was never paradox um we were kind of a um, kind of a mix of kind of grunge and new metal i guess kind of no oh, cool kind of weird music but we liked it we called it gonzo rock
2: gonzo rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it gonzo
1: but rock. at the time um because uh there was a lot of other musicians in this kind of circle that i had uh, found myself in, and I'm, and I was already going to be recording our music, so I was like, "Hey, you guys need somewhere to record? Let me know." And I started producing, kind of just because there were people I knew that was trying to make music and they didn't really know how, so I just helped them. You know, it's like it as easy as that for me. Um, I like wow. making music. I like recording. I like. I think mixing is probably one of my favorite activities. Um, but. Um, It started with just kind of smaller projects, nobody you've ever heard of, but um, I did that for a good while until I just started doing YouTube in 2010, and I had a bunch of different channels focused on different things. I didn't really get back to making music like primarily until, um, it was probably six, seven years ago now. I was in a local band called Ocean Carver and we were we were doing pretty good. Uh, we had opened up for Mushroom Head and the Summer Screams tour here in Houston. That was probably one of our bigger shows.
2: That's cool.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. it was it was like the best and worst night of my life.
0: Oh Oh, why is that? We go, okay, we got to hear the stories. Oh, no. Okay. So, oh, yeah, you can't say why that. it the best you can't and
2: worst night of your life? Yeah, it was the can't. best because I got to
1: play for a band that I grew up listening to. Um, now, granted, it's not the exact band, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some other really killer bands there was Kissing Candace and The Browning and Psycho Stick. And um, anyway, I was playing a Mesa dual wreck at the time, and it was kind of my studio queen
2: and the guys
1: in the band convinced me let's bring it out for this show it's our biggest show and the venue was in kind of a seedy area oh if you can kind of tell where this is going oh Oh, no no. i I was gonna say (laughs) i know where this is gonna end up so uh we play our set i go and put my stuff away and probably it's getting close to the end of the night and i'm taking our little merch table and all that stuff out to my truck to put it away and uh of course the trucks busted open and all my stuff's gone oh, my bag, you know, oh man the amp cabinet pedal board all of it oh
2: dude oh, that's, that's terrible so horrible
1: yeah luckily the uh news station down here they helped us out they put the story out and tried oh, to help okay. us find it i think i might have found the guy who was at least trying to resell the gear oh, wow but uh um, well, that, the... that that must have gotten interesting i didn't i i no? found the i found the ad I pretty, I was almost sure it was my gear and the guy wouldn't send us the serial off of it to confirm. He kept saying it was, it was gone. He couldn't find it. Oh God. Oh yeah. Uh Uh-huh. There was no way you were going to find that particular cabinet with that particular amp in that area. So it was, that was just horrible. 90% sure it was mine, but there was no way I could prove it.
2: Oh dude. I'm sorry. That's, that's terrible. That's like the worst.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, it man. took a little while to uh, heal from that, but I ended up uh, getting a Helix after that. Actually,
2: oh really? <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Oh. I was like, I don't,
1: I'm tired of carrying gear. I'm just going to put this thing in my backpack.
2: Did that? Did you? <laughs> hey, there you go, man. Did you I mean, gig that's... the Helix for a while?
1: Oh yeah, I still have it. I just yeah. don't really play it. Okay. Um, yeah, I got the Stomp shortly after. Okay. I got the Helix because. Um, it was just, it was kind of overkill for what I was doing. Like my pedal chain or my like effect blocks were like maybe six blocks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I it's did. like a, yeah, well, yeah, I love this. I, I use the stomp. I'm, I'm in kind of like a, like a, like a kind of like a cover band. That's like a dancey cover band and we're, we're all on in-ears and stuff. So, so I, I have like a pedal board that has all these regular analog pedals that go into the stomp. So it works out pretty well for me because it's the best of both worlds, in in my opinion, um, where you can do that. I I miss an amp. I definitely do. But with with the in-ears and singing at the same time, because I mainly sing in that band, it's... It, you can't really beat like having it all in your ears and mic- you can put, the, we have the mix on our phone so we can dial it in perfectly. It's like, can't really beat that. And the stomp, you know, in my ears, it sounds pretty good. You know, if you're not going to move air and you want to put it in your ears, like th- it sounds pretty good. So, but yeah, but it's definitely not the same as an amp. That's for sure.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I, I tried, uh, doing some shows with an active, um, FR cab.
2: Oh, did you? And, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I kind of got mixed results with it. At first, I kind of liked having that stage volume, but eventually, I got used to just telling them turn it up in the monitor.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at that point, you might as well just have an amp on stage,
1: right? Like, yeah,
2: yeah. So that that's the issue. If you're just going to do that, it's like just bring an amp. Um, but um, yeah, well, that's cool. So what are you using? Now? I see the Electro Harmonics behind you. Well, <laughs> that's like Man. a pedal. That's like a pedal platform kind of
1: an amp, right? Or no? It's fantastic. Okay. For that okay it is absolutely great for that but um so uh, on my YouTube channel my my most popular video is the demo for this this amplifier
2: oh it is okay all right great
1: <laughs> funny thing though is is I've had it less than a year and I can't prove it I don't they wouldn't tell me what actually happened but I'm pretty sure it was the output transformer that failed on it
2: oh no oh,
1: already wow yeah and I had to send it to electroharmonics and they fixed it. Quick, okay. but well that's the, well good
0: for good for EHX.
1: Yeah, no, they 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 took care of it, but the communication was pretty bad.
2: Oh, dude.
1: But it was cool because like they did do it quickly. They did get the ant fixed and back to me in a reasonable amount of time. They just didn't really keep me up to date with it. Oh, okay. Oh, it's
2: so kind you
0: were just pain. but so at least they just at least they, okay. at least they fixed it.
1: Yeah. You know, so I, I can't, I can't fault them necessarily, but at right, the same right. time, it would have been nice to know that my amp was going to show up on my doorstep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, You'd is, like was, to
0: know
2: from, yeah. I was just going to say, is that what happened? You're like, what the hell's going on? Oh, oh my amp's on the doorstep. Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah. See exactly these companies, happened. this is what happens sometimes. Yeah. Well, that sucks, but, but it is a cool pedal platform amp and you probably, is that like the main amp you use to test pedals and stuff?
1: Well, uh, it was until yeah. I had that problem with it. And then yeah. the recent ones I've actually been using my little orange or 15.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I had one of those. I loved uh, it. I, I, for some, I don't,
1: I don't really you know, know. Why, why did I, you get rid
2: of that? I don't thing. really know why I got rid of it. I kind of wish I still had it. I, I think I got rid of it because to finance the, uh, the, the, the Jubilee, but, um, but I, I, I just wasn't playing it a lot cause I was playing the, the helix, the, the stomp so much and Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know if I I never thought it was like, especially for like live, it always sounded like a little bit small to me. Right. For some reason, it just kind of, I don't know, something about it, but it's like for at home use and stuff. It was, it's killer. You never side. offered to sell it to me. Yeah, sorry. Well, I think I, <laughs> I think I did actually, Dave. But anyway, it's, I don't know it's a, did. Well, the the bottom line is, it's a great, it's a great. We
0: don't lip. need, we don't need to rehash. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to
1: rehash. Yeah, we don't need like to that. rehash this for Jeremiah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it's a great little amp. So you use that and you run pedals and stuff through it too. That's great. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So I run that out to a uh, two notes captor X. Ooh. running you know a couple of irs and just have that go into my audio interface
2: nice piece of gear now do you use it yeah. do you use the uh the wall of sound plugin because I, I i have the original version i don't have the captor x i just have the captor and so yeah. i run it into the wall of sound wall of sound is so cool
1: oh yeah uh, i i, <laughs> I use the wall of sound for years and years but yeah. recently since i got the captor x and it can load the irs
2: Right in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I just have a bunch of my favorite IRs in it. And most of the time I just go into the little app on my phone. I'll swap it out for whatever type of guitar I'm playing. So if I'm playing something like my bass six or something, I'll put some 15s. If I'm, you know, doing regular guitar, probably a four by 12 or something. Four by 12. Yeah.
2: So you started doing this producing recording like what just as like the kind of digital age of recording was getting going it sounds like right because I remember around that time frame when I was doing recording like I would go to like real recording studios and like spend a ton of money for these guys to record me so did you like acquire a bunch of like kind of I don't know I don't know I don't want to call it old-fashioned because people still use it today but stuff like analog compressors and mic preamps and all that kind of stuff is that is that what you did? Did you acquire a lot of that stuff? Or how did you do it?
1: Well, uh, the very, <laughs> very first stuff was recorded on a powered Behringer mixer. Oh, and wow. And a condenser microphone and an old analog mixer. And we piped that into an old PC tower that was run in Adobe Audition 1.3.
2: That's amazing.
1: <laughs> so... I've been doing this a little while. You've been doing um, this a while, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. Uh, but that's great. After that, we decided to upgrade to a digital uh, hard disk recorder. I mm-hmm. got one of those big Zoom. I think it was called the MRS 160. Oh or yeah, something. yeah. And you could record up to eight channels um, at a time, and that would at least allow us to get a drum set. Okay. So yeah, that kind of was the platform that we would use to record, and then I would export that and mix it into. I forget which version. I think it was. Pro Tools version seven,
2: I think. Okay, yeah, Pro Tools, yeah. Pro and, Tools uh, used to be like the only game in town. I remember, like in the really, I I started doing just like recording, like home demo recording with Cakewalk, like that, like one of like the first versions of Cakewalk. So um yeah, but you were doing the Pro Tools. So You're a little more sophisticated than I was. So there you go. Cool. Man. No, so where do you? Used,
1: I use that Cakewalk too, man. I I made you? a whole electronica album on it.
2: Okay, all right, oh well. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Was So awesome. that, that's do you you know, you mentioned the Behringer thing. I just got to bring this up, especially because you're into metal. Do you do you ever watch? Do you ever watch Glenn Fricker's channel on YouTube? Oh, you, yeah, yeah. W- there was some crazy thing where he said, like, I forget what the metal band was, because I don't know all the metal bands all that well. pantera was it pan it was like pantera oh it was actually pantera where it yeah. was like if you want their guitar sound they recorded it through this like Behringer not even like the the more expensive one you're talking about like one of these cheap like Behringer mixers and then you go into like your board or whatever your interface is from that what have you have you what's up with that do you know so you know about this yeah no i know exactly what yeah. you're
1: talking about so yeah, yeah. basically what they would do is they would take two microphones off of his cabinet and then they would blend those two together on a small mixer and then take that output and record that. They would capture yes. that.
2: That's so right. Yeah.
1: They would kind of fine tune the mix of the guitar before it even was captured, essentially. Yeah. Um, And it, it's a really cool way to get a different sound because you can move those microphones. Yeah. So you can get like, you know, some top end and then something with a little more meat.
2: Yeah. Yeah that's interesting and it's like maybe there's something about those those preamps that are in there for the mics too like Mm -hmm. who knows i actually have one of those mixers that i used like to just power like when i would play acoustic gigs which i did a long for a while like i would have like my powered speaker and i would put you know it was before powered speakers had like all the you know all the inputs. This had like one input, so I would have like this little Behringer mixer, and I would put that in, and I'd put it into the pilot speaker. And so yeah, then I when I saw Glenn Fricker I was like, "Yeah, this is how Pantera recorded guitars." I was like, "What? That's insane!" Yeah. <laughs> so there you go.
1: It is a really cool technique, and he has uh, influenced a lot of my production style. Um, I'm kind of the more, like, I like to let the player show through type of guy. I don't like to edit things to death. That's not really my style. I want to hear a performance.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about mixing, like mixing is probably the thing I have the the least patience for, cause I'm just like, I don't know. I just want, like, I want to get all those isotope uh, plugins that just like, you know, EQ match and I'm just done, you know, like,
1: (laughs) I got
2: those. <laughs> you get yeah, those are good. Those are those are those are awesome. Um no, but they work. um yeah, but but anyway, but yeah,
0: Matt gets frustrated enough editing the podcast, never mind. Yeah, that. I'm like I'm like Dave,
2: I'm like Dave's like, "Can you give me some more bass in my voice?" I'm like, "Oh jeez." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, your voice is what it is. You got a good mic. Like, that's enough. No EQ needed. But anyway. Okay, I already spent five minutes on this. I don't need to yeah, spend it exactly. Hey, Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Like, I'm going to get this podcast out. I'm going to mix it. Mix your voice down. <laughs> oh, but we'll yeah. tell, well, but Jeremiah, tell us about a little bit about mixing. Because I think that is like a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of like guitar players. I don't know if they have the patience for it, to be honest with you. So, But I'm interested to have you get your take on it.
1: Well, I think that everybody in the digital age is essentially an audio engineer because we all have to be yeah um you know, whether you know we're doing content for video or like you guys are doing you know your podcast, that's audio like everybody's gonna end up having to edit some audio, so my thought was kind of coming up was one, I love music, I love making music, but I just wanted to do it to the best of my ability so it was all about just at At least in the beginning, you know, experimenting to see what sounded good to me, but also reference reference was super important because yeah. you'd want to know what it sounds like compared to something else, yeah, so yeah, um, I would say if that's the number one thing I would say is reference like that okay. will change your whole mix game
2: so so when you when you say that you mean. Like, you know, you listen to a track that you like the mix on. Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of compare what you're doing to that track and you're like, am I there at all? Like, what do you know? That's
1: yeah, that's great. That's great. Like get in the ballpark at least get in the ballpark. Yeah, that's very cool.
2: You know, and then and then, you know, go out to your car and see how it
1: sounds in the Mm car. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. you know, Put a couple of files on your phone, you know. Yeah. Try yep. headphones, try headphones up to your sound bar, go up yeah. to the truck. Yeah, man, right? Because yeah, it that sounds
0: different. No, depending on what you're playing it through, it's going to sound a heck of a lot different. So, yeah,
2: my kids yeah. are always like, I, you know, I pick up my kids from school, and this is a guitar dad moment. I pick up my kids from school, and the podcast is on. They're like, Dad, why are you listening to your own podcast? I got to hear if the mix is good. <laughs> <laughs> and we do listen to it just you know because we have to pick out pieces that we want to link and all this stuff but it's really funny they're like why are you listening to this dad it's so funny they've gotten used to it now you know on mondays because this drops on sundays on mondays when i pick them up from school the podcast is on in the car yeah
3: Uh, just so,
1: self-indulgent dad yeah, that's right yeah
2: what the <laughs> hell oh, dad? it's all self indulgence. what the, the, what so the hell, hell dad what's wrong with you man, you doing, that's, man? Really, that's really funny Dan. That's really funny so tell us cool. you know this is guitar dad's uh jeremiah tell us what what were your your guitars of choice
1: oh oh man um well my favorite guitar right now is my fender Jagstang. I,
3: Ooh,
1: it was my childhood like guitar that i always wanted and never thought i would get yeah. And I think it was what last year they decided to do the re-release. They did. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yep. I was able to snag one. And so far it's been my baby. It's 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 fantastic. It's um, awesome. Man. I sold I had a, a Jaguar. Um, it was in Daphne blue and I ended up selling that as soon as I got it because that you was know, almost what? like a placeholder. You know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You like that? We, we got to get the real thing. Oh, right. That's very cool, man. Those are great. Those are really cool. So but, that's like yeah. your, that's like your number one guitar. Like it.
1: Yeah, it's it's my baby right now. Yeah, nice. Nice. Um cool. I but I do have a bunch of other ones uh for my band Caustic Cell. Uh I play an 8-string that I've modified uh put some Oh wow. Um, wow, 8-string, nice. Yeah, it's a Ibanez uh RG kind of standard 8-string, but I put some locking tuners on it and I put some Demarzio pickups in it. I put a Evolution 8 in the bridge. And a path eight in the neck. Nice. So when you like it's kind of a low medium output and then a high output. So if yeah. you put it in the middle, it kind of gives you a nice balance, actually. Claire.
0: I don't really and... know a whole heck of a whole lot about like seven and eight string guitars. Is it really hard to learn to play those things?
1: Nah. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not some virtuoso though, but for me, um, I just play them like a normal guitar that just has some yeah. extra strings. It's kind of like, you know, when I learned to play bass. It was like, oh, this neck is really wide. Yeah. What's up with that? Right. <laughs> these strings are so heavy. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. Right what are these strings? Things? I know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I can play that. I can play my bass six. Uh, both yeah. of those are 30 inch scales. So okay. the yeah. neck length is, you know, pretty long. Yeah. yeah.
2: Cool. Man. Well, tell us, you know, tell us about your band, because I'm interested to know, like, this is an original band, obviously. And yeah. like, do you guys get out and gig and tell us about, you know, we're always interested to know about like what's going on. And like in te- Texas, you know, obviously everybody knows about Austin as a massive music scene. You know, obviously we don't hear about Houston. So it's like, let's uh, tell us about what's going on. Well, the music yeah. scene
1: here is actually really good. Um, okay. And it doesn't matter what type of music you like. Okay. There's going to be a scene for it, whether it's hip hop, rock, country, metal. Nice. And a lot of it, there's a lot That's- of overlap. Um, in yeah. the scenes like you'll find somebody that you saw at a country show at a metal show oh like, wow next week oh yeah. wow okay it's re- and you'll see that same person at a hip-hop show two weeks later
2: oh wow and can you find music can you
0: pretty much find live music every night of the week
1: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah.
0: wow I, I would
2: not have guessed this the hop and seen. Oh, my God. I would not have guessed this is going on in Houston. Well, I can, I can tell Jeremiah, like we, we had an episode a while back where we we're talking about like, you know, was local live music dying because like in Boston, it essentially in Boston, is.
0: It definitely is. Um, yeah.
2: In a lot of places, it seems like there's a similar thing. I can tell you, like I was in New York City. I was in Manhattan and it was like I struggled. to. F- I was staying in Times Square Times Square with my wife. We went, we went to see a Broadway show. And like in you know we were there a couple Of nights and I was like okay let's go see some live Bands like, they, like Within walking distance of Times Square there was literally Like there was like a jazz one and like that Was it and I was like this is Like this is New York City <laughs> I'm sure I could have like gone to Like Brooklyn or God knows where And found it but it was like you would think in Manhattan, they'd be more than like just one jazz bar within like, you know, a 20 to 30 minute walk of Times Square. But anyway, yeah. And and you could see like I remember pulling up Google and it was like, oh, close, like all these uh, venues, like close, close, close. And I was like, wow, like. This is crazy. Like, so anyway, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of clubs and everything in New York that are going strong, especially for like touring acts that come through. Like, I feel like that scene is going very well. Like if you're at like a regional national touring act, you're going to have plenty of places to play. But um, this kind of like, you know, a local band trying to do it like, we, you know, but it sounds like in Houston, this is this is rolling.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily, for the most part, I mean, obviously, every scene has like some like infighting, but for the most yeah. part, we're pretty unified down here and we'll help each other out. That's And great. Um, it's, it's always been per- pretty much like that um, with any of the music scenes that I've been involved with here in Houston. Um, obviously, there's some bad actors every now and then, but if sure. you see the people that stick around and usually yep. those are the people doing it right that's yeah. great yeah, that's yeah that really, makes us really
0: jealous great. up here in boston because we really we, you know we really uh we we kind of yearn for one of the first scene like that again but i don't think it's ever it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's coming back um and maybe one day it will and we hope but right now it'll it's be pretty back. bleak up here i mean yeah i, I mean you it'll think, it'll think
2: about back. boston about all the amazing bands that have come yeah. out of boston and the scene that they came out of and it's like it's like, wow, like, that's gone. gone. I mean, yep. we have one club that's like the like the flagship for like local original music. And like, that's it It used to be, you know, when I was in the scene, it was like, you know, there was a circuit of 10 of them or so. That yeah, you do, at least, you know, Yep. So anyway, but it sounds like that's not the case in Houston. So we won't lament it anymore in Boston, but <laughs> in Houston, come on it, down. We'll, we'll show you a good time. It sounds yeah, like it sounds we, like yeah, you can get I'm into some live down. music in, in, in Texas in general. It sounds like it's rolling. So that's mm-hmm. great. Maybe it's like the warm weather, Dave, like people are into it. And in Boston, like they, we're just a bunch of like assholes. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I'm know, gonna speak like- for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it may be is I think that um probably the regulations are a little laxer in this Yeah, state. well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're
2: right about that. Like it's tough, but I'll tell you what like Boston's just got I don't know. I still love it. It's a great city, but it's just like it's definitely been like more, I don't know, how do you how how would you describe it Dave? Like commercialized is I don't know how you say. It's become it. a lot more commercialized. I mean, yeah.
0: there's definitely like a music scene, but it's definitely, you know, it's all the touring acts coming through and there's a ton of this the, you know, they're just building they're building another um smaller music hall near Fenway Park that's going to open up in the fall, so that's going to compete with the House of Blues which is literally on the same street, which is great. But, you know, in terms of like local live music, there, like Matt said, there used to be, you can go to a bunch of different places and see great bands. And now it's really, it's sparse and it's sad because we used to love doing that.
2: Yeah. But anyway, you know, but that's it's what it is. But it at least, like at Houston... least other
0: parts of the country, it's, it's, it's... Still yeah, locking, it's, it's
2: not dead. It's not dead at all. It's still happening. So it's just yeah. dead up here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like just I said, Boston. You know, all we care about in Boston is sports and stuff. That's all they care about. You know, <laughs> yeah, geez, you know, yeah, you know, the Celtics are playing tonight. We'll see what happens. That's yeah, why I we'll got the green. Happens. The Celtics green back here. So anyway.
0: Um, well, anyway, Jeremiah, thank you so much for coming on. We, uh, we loved it. We really appreciate you, uh, telling us all about your, uh, your background and the pedals and, and, our and, and, um, and kind of going into details with that. And we're really excited with what's going to hopefully come, you know, come your come out of, uh, your company, uh, in the future. What yeah, do you have on the horizon? Anything else coming out soon?
1: Yeah. Um, I have a design that's already pretty much ready. I just got to get the enclosures made. Uh, It's going to be aimed at base. I'm calling it the true grit driver. Um, Very cool. uh, I have a couple of little clips on my YouTube if you want to check that out. But um, that'll be the next project. Um, I do have a couple of the Babylon Suns left for anyone, you know, interested in those. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna be putting out some new music with my band Cost Excel. I'll be producing Babylon Sun, and cool. um, I have some other bands I'll probably be working with pretty soon too. But I'm waiting for those details too. Very cool. So
0: one more time before we wrap, shout out your uh, your socials and everything for the people.
1: Okay, yeah. If you guys want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram, Casper Kills. I'm on TikTok, Casper Kills. And I'm on YouTube, Casper Kills TX.
2: Cool, man. There you man. go. Dude, thanks so much, Jeremiah, for coming on. This has been a great time hearing about all the pedals, all the gear, your story. So, yeah, definitely everybody, listeners, go check out this this pedal and what what J- Jeremiah's got going on. It, there's some cool stuff happening here. If you're into cool pedals, like, you'll you'll like this stuff
3: for yeah, sure. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. So, so, definitely go yeah,
1: check we'll it definitely out. Yeah, we'll definitely
0: have everybody. to. We'd love to have you on again at some point.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I had such a fantastic time talking to you guys. Nice that was you.
0: great. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And um, I think with that, that was this week's Guitar Dads podcast.
2: Yeah, that's it. Keep rock alive. We'll catch you
0: on the flip.